0: Welcome back, folks, on this Thursday, the 22nd day of February, and the actual real birthday, at least adjusted for calendar changes, of the first president of the United States, George Washington. And on that note, I guess I'll begin today by saying it's just a plain weird news day. Just maybe, though, some of the stories themselves start to tell a story. Beginning with this piece from the Daily Mail, which says there was a selloutage all across the USA. AT&T is, quote, working urgently to restore service. Some 70,000-plus customers have been hit by a nationwide communications blackout. But here's the interesting note. Mobile providers are refusing to tell their so-called customers why or what it's about or, uh, well, much of anything. The outage spiked around 4 a.m. Eastern Time Thursday. The largest number of issues was reported by AT&T users, but other companies have not provided an explanation for the widespread outages either. AT&T, Verizon, and T-Mobile users all across the U.S. and up into Canada were having issues. Down detectors said over 70,000 were reporting outages at one time. And yes, it bears repeating, the cause of the problem has not been revealed. Which kind of in itself at least suggests something item gulag or you may have heard it pronounced incorrectly as google and its ai image generator called gemini is being also called racist after a whole bunch of people on socialist media noticed that isn't this interesting it simply refused to create images of white people although and maybe this does reflect the values of its leftist creators it's more than happy to create images of just about anybody else Zero Hedge's summary of several stories out there on the web puts it this way. Gulag went into damage control mode this week after its new artificial intelligence model, Gemini, was caught engaging in historical revisionism, which until now had been confined to the realm of entertainment and impressionable children whose parents are being demonized for daring to speak out against it. Gemini has no problems, though, generating pictures of, quote, strong black men, but strong white men, and here's a quote from the system itself, could potentially reinforce harmful stereotypes about race and body images. So it seems Gemini, as they know it, isn't really interested in following the science. Let me put it this way. It's rapidly becoming a PC version of the Terminator, not just killing everybody who happens to have the same name, like in the movie, i.e. John Connor, but everybody who has the same politics. Because, as another user noted, it's all in on trans ideology, insisting that trans women are women, and providing a pronoun guide for the uninitiated. And here's the rub, folks, and this is in fact exactly the point that some of us have been warning about now for a long time. AI chatbots, as most people are beginning to understand, are a reflection of both the data sets they train on, whether they're X posts or Reddit or whatever, as well as the biases of their programmers, who can and do insert absurd biases into their output. Remember, folks, when it came to lying about the election and other leftist causes, they were even mandated to do so by Big Brother's three-letter agencies. And while historical revisionism on entertainment platforms like Netflix began to enforce historical revisionism, being taught in the, uh, well, public cesspools, Gemini is still being peddled as a reliable source of information. They give some examples. I won't bother to repeat them because they're too self-serving, but tech-savvy users have already figured it out. A handful of employees that wrote the system prompts are in charge of nerfing, LLMs, are large language models, and they can thus impose their morality, their bias, and their own version of history on the rest of us. And these employees, being politically correct, and of course, virtue signalers to the core, are holier than thou. So questioning their biases and the actions that their results produce is suicide in big tech. So no one dares to ask any of the hard questions. And guess what? This is where we end up. But there's some humor here, too. When Gemini was told by one user that it was racist, it seemed to blame its creators. The chatbot acknowledged that, quote, recent events involving the Gemini AI image generation tool have raised concerns about potential racial bias. And it said, it's important to remember that I am still under development. So here you go. What does that really mean? Just wait. Economist and cycles guru Martin Armstrong has an excellent piece up today about the state and city of New York and how, as he puts it, it's totally out of control and it's time for a giant short. The latest is that the criminals there are openly saying what we already knew they intended to do all along, seize Donald Trump's buildings in the crooked state if he can't come up with the ransom money over a third of a billion dollars. There's been no shortage of developers over the last few days who were at least once in that evil state and city who've come out and said they are now criminalizing the way people have done business for years and the way that they'll have to do business if they want to stay in business. So what are many of them doing? Exactly what Martin Armstrong is suggesting. Get the hell out of New York City. Writes Martin Armstrong, NYC is totally out of control. These bogus charges were never brought against anyone, and there was no victim. This definition of fraud can be applied now, and, and don't think for a second people living there don't know it. ...in New York City. And obviously, he says, this is an attempt to interfere in the 2024 election... ...because if Trump hadn't run for president, there would have been no such charges. And he says, New York is just so un-American, you can't even make this up. This radical attorney general, yes, as he puts it, Letitia James, destroyer of worlds... ...not only has barred Trump from running his own company... ...but they also appointed a former organized crime boss... Uh, Prosecutor, but maybe in New York it's the same thing, to manage the Trump organization. And this guy has no business capability. The state's attempting to seize control of the financial assets of Trump without trial by jury, or even a jury-rigged trial, to shut him down and prevent him from running for office. Trump, he knows, was denied the right to defend himself before a jury. And also, says Martin Armstrong, they did that to my company, Princeton Economics. And here follows a bit of his history, just to show you that there are other people that have been high profile that Big Brother, wants to come after so trump isn't necessarily the first he's just the highest profile and of course the only one who was ever actually elected president and then denied the office and martin's story has been told before but if you haven't heard it it's kind of fascinating this is a great brief summary They alleged, he said, in my case, that a billion bucks was missing. When I told them that the bank stole the money, they said they believed the bank. Yet there was never any evidence that I'd withdrawn the money, and in the end, the bank had to plead guilty and then repay my clients. Still, they, meaning Big Brother, and uh, that would be New York City in this case, used a fake allegation to seize Princeton economics. They shut down all forecasting, which was their covert goal, and made up allegations that not one member of the press questioned, except Mark Pittman of Bloomberg News, whom they promptly barred from writing about what they were doing. And Trump, he notes, is getting the very same treatment. So welcome, he says, to NYC. No, not the big apple, the big sewer of legal corruption. And he suggests that what Trump ought to do, this is kind of interesting, folks, and at least it helps to uh, flesh out the story, filed bankruptcy in Florida. Then he can move all of his assets to Florida and save his companies. Do that now ASAP, and then, of course, sell everything in New York City. Because here's the rub, and this is the point. No court, no what now passes for a court in New York will ever uphold the law, and it will require, if it actually happens, the Supreme Court to intervene. And remember, folks, a majority of those there are either on the take or outright communists, but maybe I repeat myself, or being blackmailed, or all of the above. Continues Armstrong, this is so outrageous, I fear that Trump's case will be the catalyst for the decline and fall of the entire United States. We can't possibly stand united as a nation under such an outrageous, literally fraudulent legal system. When the rule of law collapses like this, no nation has ever survived very long throughout history. And now we can see 2032 coming and why the computer has forecast, and that would be his computer and his system called Socrates, that there may not even be an election in 2028. They need to stop Trump, he says, because they're taking us to war, canceling paper money, and taxing everything we do in the name of bogus climate change. And at the same time, who is ordering lockdowns and mandatory vaccines as they completely surrender our sovereignty? But the real problem, the more immediate one here, and this is the thing he addresses next, is that New York City is just plain completely out of control. The integrity of assets is seriously under question. And my sincere advice to Trump, he reiterates here, is to sell all assets in New York City and get the hell out of that corrupt city and state. And here's the point, and this is what it's being demonstrated. Nobody, and he means nobody, and guess what? A lot of folks are starting to see it, should invest anything in New York City because there simply is no rule of law and no separation of powers, which may even be worse. It's a political dictatorship that you simply cannot fight because there's no legal system to fight it in. No judge in New York City will defend the Constitution, much less go against their peers. It is, in fact, folks, a city run literally, by the mob. It's just that Big Brother and the mob are now one and the same. He notes that, as we talked about the other day, Chicago Ray, that at least initially kicked off the truckers' boycott of New York City, seems to have caved. All they have to do, says Armstrong, is target someone. They'll routinely use taxes to go after innocent people, as well as journalists, if they do not cooperate. And as any number of people who have gone up against New York can attest, if you don't play ball, if you don't comply, they come after you personally. And your little dog, too. And folks, if you haven't heard this next part, it's certainly, uh, well, educational. I warned, says Martin Armstrong, that Trump would never ever get a fair trial in New York City, and I've never seen anyone, he said, who did ever get a fair trial in New York City. When my own case began, they brought it to New York when the accounts were in Philadelphia. They claimed that there was a COMEX venue, so that was good enough even though currencies are traded in Chicago. And when my lawyer heard that they'd filed the case in New York, he said, oh shit. I asked what was the problem. He said, you don't understand. New York practices law differently. And boy did I ever find that out. Judges can alter the transcript. And literally they changed the words, you speak in court. The Court of Appeals ruled that they didn't have the power to order the judges to even obey the law. And he cites U.S. v. Vichitello, dated 2000. And this is even though 18 U.S. Code, Section 1519, describes what they do as a felony, subject to 20 years in prison. When I forced Judge Owen, he said there, to admit that he was altering my transcripts, the DOJ said they wouldn't indict him, and the Court of Appeals lost my appeal three separate times, and then said, oh, you're out of time. The only reason they released me was because the Supreme Court finally agreed to take my case. So they released me and then told the Supreme Court the case was moot. Otherwise, I would have died, says Martin Armstrong, in solitary confinement. Folks, this is exactly what the U.S. legal system has become. And the big difference now is that with Trump, folks are finally starting to see it. And then there's this. Remember MF Global, writes Armstrong, that is when Judge Martin Glenn seized the assets of all the clients to protect the banksters that John Corzine was trading with. The trustee, sick, overseeing MF Global's liquidation, eventually confirmed that the amount of customers' funds from the failed brokerage was at least $1.6 billion. And this, he said, at least at the time, was the biggest financial crime, perhaps in history, far worse than Bernie Madoff. This is the outright theft of client funds sanctioned by the court, which protected all the banksters. Nobody was being called to account because MF Global, headed by former Goldman Sachs CEO, Senator, and New Jersey Governor John Corzine, was also protected. The client's funds were illegally seized by the New York court and were used to cover the losses to the banksters, completely in violation of the law. That collapse was the eighth largest corporate bankruptcy in U.S. history. Corzine was never charged because he was one of them. A socialist Democrat, the U.S. regulators, sick, investigated only whether or not MF Global tapped into client money from clients' accounts as its financial condition worsened. They're ignoring the fact that it was trading with client money before the last few days. Brokerage houses, writes Armstrong, are required to keep customer money separate from their firm's money, but that was simply not being enforced in the instant Case, which is why having an account with a New York entity is highly dangerous. Take this to heart, folks, because there is no rule of law in New York City, as an astute lawyer once wrote about New York, also pointing out there is no rule of law because in the corrupt city, what we have is a connection based society, not a contract based society, which is why in New York no banksters ever go to prison. The courts will always rule against people for political objectives. Now, Martin Armstrong concludes his piece this way, and while I agree with him, I do think a caveat or two and a bit of explanation is necessary, but I'll read essentially what he wrote first. Under our legal system, he says, the jury can nullify a conviction using common sense based on their own sense of justice. As numbers of people, including John Adams and the first Supreme Court Justice John Jay have said, and here I'll quote folks, it is the right of the jury to judge both the facts and the law according to their own conscience. And the problem, folks, is, as I've outlined at great length a number of times in the past, we have not had actual trial by jury in this country for the better part of a century. And here, Martin continues, our corrupt judges will never instruct the jury that they have that power. And I'll note, not only that, but nowadays they will actually deselect jurors and require them to take an oath that you will judge the facts only. And the law as I give it to you. And if you won't put up your hand and agree to that anti-constitutional enslavement, you're out of there. Which is at least a good thing to remember if you actually don't want to be on one of those sham non-juries anyway. Concludes Martin Armstrong, the jury can refuse to follow the corrupt law and acquit a defendant, even when the evidence presented seems to point to an incontrovertible verdict of guilt. Because remember, folks, the jury is fully capable and actually has just a, and actually has not only the right, but I would suggest the obligation to judge the law too. If it's unconstitutional, don't enforce it. Personally, as Armstrong, I think the jury should be told that they have that power to nullify a conviction as well as to direct charges and reprimand a corrupt prosecutor in a case like this for his abuse of power. Wonderful, arguably true, and that's why you know blankety blank. And well it isn't about to be allowed to happen. Hell, they're not even going to let you talk about it. So when you see this happening, get out of there. And in the case of New York City, as he puts it, get the hell out of there and fast, because pretty soon it's simply going to be no bid. I want to change gears, but not focus, because this is the other story that I think really must get more attention than you know it will, at least until it's too late. From the Communist House of Traders and the Denver version of the swamp where, according to Jim and TGP, the state legislature has introduced a bill that could see, and is intended to, uh, well, be a harbinger of things to come. Don't forget that for a second. It could see a pet tax imposed on every non-livestock animal in the state. Now, I know what you're thinking. These people are obviously already willing to have their kids taxed and even their genitalia cut off. Why are they going to care if somebody comes and taxes or kills Fido and Fluffy? And we register your guns. Why not your goldfish? Well, stick with me, folks. You'll see. As George Orwell put it, the future is about a boot stomping a human face in the dirt forever. And putting up with this is a big part of that. But it's even more insidious still. Here's the story. A bill called HB 24-1163, sponsored by evil communist Regina English, requires octoom all pet owners. And you're not an owner, folks, if you have to register them. That's a bald-faced lie. Don't believe that for a second. Let's put it this way. It requires all the slaves that the state declares to be pet guardians to register their animals, well, the state's animals, in a state-run system with fees that critics are calling exorbitant and unnecessary. Full stop. And did you catch that? The critics, folks, entirely missed the point. It's not about the fees. It's about the fact that if you have to register it, it isn't yours. And guess what? Neither is your body, as you're going to see. Because remember, slaves can't own anything. It's called the Pet Animal Registration System and the Pet Animal Registration Act stipulates annual registration for pets with a sliding scale of fees that seem to punish those without the means to pay. And don't worry, they're intended to be the first to starve. Pets are just a step along the way. I'll come back to the ridiculous, asinine, in-your-face, insulting fees in just a second. Remember, those aren't the real point. The real point is getting the foot in the door and recognizing that you're a slave. You don't get to own anything. And if we allow you the privilege, you pee on you, of maybe keeping a goldfish, we're going to tax the hell out of it. Because once you can't afford to eat, and we force you to eat grubs and mealworms, we don't want you to have so much as a goldfish to even think about. However, U.S. ARC, quoted in the story, says that the burden on a family under this bill that have a 100 fish in an aquarium could cost the owners, sick, up to 2500 bucks a year without jumping through all the right hoops. And if you don't like that, they're going to fine you. Unaware pet owners, sick, with unregistered aquarium fish could face fines up to $10,000, for example. Because the Department of Agriculture, SIC, tasked with creating and maintaining the designated online pet animal registration system, allows for fines of up to 100 bucks per unregistered animal. Even a kid's ant farm doesn't escape Big Brother's notice. And hint, you can't afford that for sure. Here's part of the crux of the story and also, folks, part of the intended cover-up. The state's overreach, says Jim Hoff for TGP, into private lives with this anti-constitutional abomination of a registration system, has pet owners questioning the true motives behind the bill. Ah, come on. Are you crazy? Or just plain stupid? Stupid is, stupid does, Miss Blue. I guess but this goes way beyond stupid folks, and it even goes way beyond evil. It's so in your face that it's intended, I will suggest, as a deliberate slap across the jaw. Because if you'll put up with this, and they already own your kids, you're not merely a slave. You're literally dead already. But that's not what worry means. It's how to do it. These things must be done delicately, or you hurt the spell. Yeah, Toto, you better run. You know the Wicked Witch would have loved this. The bill claims that it's about providing pets with designated caregivers during emergencies. Maybe they're afraid that she will eat your pets when you can't provide food for your kids. And honestly, folks, I would trust the wicked witch of the West with my dog before I would Democrat Regina English, which leads me to the place where I part big time company with even the critics here. There's a hearing set for February 22nd. It says at the state capitol, opponents of the bill are gearing up for a battle. They argue that this bill is a thinly veiled attempt at revenue collection rather than a genuine effort to improve animal welfare. Ah, 0 for 2. It's about controlling and letting you know who's boss and who doesn't have any rights whatsoever. Because, claim critics, by imposing this pet tax, Colorado setting a precedent. Well, that part at least is true. That animal companionship is a luxury afforded only to those willing to pay for government surveillance of their furry friends. And later, of course, folks, you'd better have a good socialist credit score and be, well, taking all the right marks. Or guess what? You're not going to be allowed to have anything. Especially a dog that might defend you against the invading hordes that are intended to come, too. Once they shut the power off, they don't even want you to have a barking alarm, it would seem. And now let me ask the obvious question that I hope literally everybody who's been paying attention and watching the sequence of tyranny here play out ought to be thinking ahead, to: How long until these same deep state scumbags decide you won't be allowed to buy dog food or cat food or hamster food or fish food without having the proper registration? Duh! Remember, folks, and it's happening now. Don't kid yourselves. When old folks who couldn't afford hamburger or even rice and beans decided cat food looks pretty good compared to the alternatives, and they were eating it. Well, guess what? I'm gonna head that one off at the pass. Yavol, yeah, well, you will eat bugs until you will like it, until you will have no alternative—not cat food or even a cat to eat. The bill summary, among other abominations, declares that it requires the commissioner of the Department of Agriculture to develop, implement, and maintain an online pet animal registration system. Oh, quick aside, folks. Note that they will register livestock long before they implement this, done already in most communist jurisdictions. What that means, of course, is that if they declare your chickens to be substandard, they can come and do exactly what they've been doing, kill them all and bury them in a ditch. And the same thing goes for your cows or your goats or any other animal that is registered as livestock. Don't think that the purpose is anything else, even though as you know they continue to lie, because the intent is that when the hammer drops, and you can see it on the rise now, you will have no alternative. Back to the text from hell here. The bill also requires a pet animal owner, sick, to designate a caregiver for the owner's sick pet animal, who's responsible for care and safekeeping during an emergency and must agree to be responsible for the pet animal. The bill also specifies that to own or think you are allowed to have the privilege of being a guardian of the pet animal without registering so-called pet animal or if you refuse, you slave you or fail to comply with the provisions of the bill, or if you make a material misstatement, you slave you in a registration application, or a registration renewal application, or if you make a misstatement to the Department of Agriculture, or if you refuse to comply with the rules and regulations developed by the commissioner, that is unlawful, and you will be punished. The unlawful act is punishable, and I'm quoting, by a civil penalty, an amount set by the commissioner but not to exceed a hundred bucks per unlawful act. And in the case of an aquarium, folks, that might set you back a bit. It's intended to. You slaves must know who you serve. And don't you forget it. If the commissioner is unable to collect the civil penalty, we have ways of making you pay. So, folks, why do I think this is so important? I've spent quite a bit of time on it. Why is it such a uh, sign of the times? Well, you've heard the term the Overton window. This is certainly an attempt to move the Overton window and condition people even more to the fact that you slaves, you, you can't even own a dog without our permission. And if you don't like it, we'll come and take him away. Oh, yeah, right after we take your guns, because we don't want you defending your life or your dogs with anything that you slaves aren't allowed to have, don't you know? And therein lies the rub, folks. They're telegraphing their moves. And at least for now, I have hope that if people might let their kids have their breasts cut off or their genitalia removed, maybe, just maybe, they'll draw the line when it comes to taking their dog. I can't help but think the rationale goes something like this. Well, I won't let my kid be injected with the Zyklon B. Oh, well, okay, maybe if it's a requirement to put him into the public indoctrination centers, I'll go along with it. But if they go the next step and actually do detach some part of his body, then maybe I'll speak up. But that won't happen, will it? The neighbor's kid? Oh, yeah. Well, I see that little Billy has become little Janie, and my kid's had a skull and crossbones tattooed on his forehead, thinks transgenderism should be subsidized, and did kill one of the neighbor's chickens after he saw it exhale some carbon dioxide. But when they come and take little Fifi, I may have to seriously consider being upset about it. After all, that's why I registered her, right? Bottom line, folks, whether it's registration or the destruction of the entire concept and rule of law and trial by jury or just not knowing the difference between God-given and once constitutionally protected rights and government-issued privileges, people are being destroyed for lack of knowledge. And May Yahuwah bless you and yours.